This Christmas, Brooke is getting everything she ever wanted. We decided to double your salary and promote you to vice president. But there's a catch. Roger Bouquet. If Roger were to get married, he'd have a citizenship, and you young lady would have your promotion. Will you marry me? You betcha. You may kiss the bride. That's okay. I'm good. Can they fool everyone? Surprise! This is my husband. Roger. It's a real life prince. Charming. I made a deal where my job is safe for now. Atta girl. Or are they fooling themselves? Sure you're married? Honey, <laughs> manners. If you hadn't gotten married, you wouldn't have gotten promoted. Roger, are you even a citizen? I'm Agent Nathan Hedge. This is Agent Marie Adams. It's called marriage fraud. It's a felony. Brooke, meet Gwen, uh, my girlfriend. He's got a girlfriend. Maybe you should think about marriage counseling. I should have never let you talk me into this. You're a smart woman, Brooke. You'll figure it out. Merry Christmas! I have never met anyone quite like her. When are you going to take a chance? Vivica A. Fox, Rico Ross, Dominique Swain, and Eric Roberts. I thought there'd be a few sparks between the two of you. A husband for Christmas. Did we know going into this season of Stocking Stuffers that we would end on Eric Roberts? I think deep down in our hearts, we did, or we, we hoped it. Uh, maybe some of you asked Santa Claus uh, to make... This white woman happy uh, at the end of the year with a closure on the one and only. Uh, it's Emily, and this is our final stocking stuffer of 2016. And of course, it is none other than Ion Television's A Husband for Christmas. Uh, in case I forget, I want to start by saying thanks by saying thank you uh, to everybody that has um, come along this journey with me, if you will. Uh, it has been white. It has been um, sage and sassy and all sorts of things. But I've had a good time and I hope you guys have. And if not, then you just don't have to listen. Like you just delete and move on and eventually Christine will be back. Uh, so our final stocking stuffer for those who are just joining us today Um this is a film podcast. Normally, it is me and Christine talking about two movies and all this other stuff. And, you know, we're all um, brilliant and br- and give, like, great insight into cinema, if you will, or something. Or not, really. Uh, we've been doing talking animal movies, and that's cool. Uh, but on these Stocking Stuffer editions, of course, I take a made-for-television Christmas movie and examine it. And this was a deliberate ending. Um, I still have a few recorded on my DVR that I will get to for next year, probably. But I wanted to end on Ion Television's A Husband for Christmas because, A, it seemed, based on um, the preview and cast and um, crew, it seemed ridiculous, and I was hoping it would be, and it didn't disappoint us. Uh, and because I really liked the idea of, for all my complaints about how white this genre is and has become uh, to end on one that is has a black female lead, a black love interest, and hey, finally, this is fair. So Ion Television has given us a few uh, movies this year. I'm still not really sure if things are like made by the network or just picked up by this network. I don't really understand what Ion does because all I ever see other than these movies on there are Law & Order SVU episodes. So who knows? But um, the really 
let's start at the beginning with the pedigree behind this movie. This movie is directed by none other than David Dakota. Now, the name may ring a bell to many of you. David Dakota uh, is... Uh, I guess, interestingly enough, I just pulled up his IMDb, and he got his start through uh, Roger Corman, which makes sense, because he is kind of a modern Roger Corman in many ways. He makes generally really bad movies. Um, They are typically horror movies. Uh, He is known for his 1313 series, which I have not actually seen any, so I could be wrong, but my understanding is that they're sort of very homoerotic but I don't think they're outright gay film. Maybe they are actually based on the titles. Frank and Queen. Yeah, it's they're sort of like gay horror movies, but I think they're really like gay horror movie sounds awesome, but I think these ones are really bad. Um and so he is a director who you see his name on a project and you ain't expecting Oscars, but you're expecting something. You might be expecting Eric Roberts, and guess what? Eric Roberts is in this movie. Uh this stars Vivica A. Fox, uh, who I think is awesome. Here's what I love about Viv- Vivica A. Fox. Uh, I love her name, for one thing, because it's really fun. Multiple V's in a name are all, all fun to say. Um, but like with Vivica A. Fox, I just get the feeling, whether she is or whether it's just kind of her brand, she seems so confident in herself and is just... You know, for like, I think her new thing is that she's going to host a reality show where she's assembling a male strip uh, troupe. Why not? And I think I feel like she just knows that she can get it and she presents herself that way. And good on her. Uh, let's just delve right into the story before we get into our tropes. Uh, Vivica A. Fox plays a woman named Brooke. And Brooke is a... Tell me... Stop me if you've heard this one. Brooke works fucking hard. Brooke likes her job. Brooke Brooke is married to her job, one might say. Uh, She is in charge of the marketing department. Um, I don't know if it's a company that just does marketing or if it's like a, yeah, I think she's like a madman kind of thing. And her company is merging with another company. So she's really worried that she's going to get fired, but it turns out she's getting promoted to vice president of marketing. This is great. The only catch is that their graphic designer, who is a great graphic designer, like the best graphic designer, uh, he is British or British, and he does not have citizenship. And in order to work in the U.S., um, it's either very difficult, he has to go through all these big hurdles, or he could just get married. So, um, Brooke's boss, played by Mr. Eric Roberts, essentially says, um, hey, you, uh, here's an idea. If you guys get married, uh, then he can stay in the, Roger, his name is Roger, Roger can stay in the country, he can work here, this is great for everybody, uh, and you will be vice president of the company and get, like, double salary and stuff. Um, yeah, like HR is probably not cool with that. I think there's a lot of issues about this. But, you know, Brooke doesn't have anything going on. Uh, doesn't seem like the worst idea. So Brooke meets this guy outside of town hall. He happens to be very handsome. Uh, and uh, they they do it. They tie the knot. They then go separately to their own world. Um, but, of course, it turns out um, there are 
uh, forces at play that are going to make sure they get together romantically, not just in marriage. And oddly, by forces, it's a little weird because there's kind of a good and bad pulling them together. So let's start with the bad is that um, there's Eric Roberts' secretary for some reason. It's very confusing. I guess she's like a rival of Vivica A. Fox, but it seems like she is Eric Roberts' secretary, which would not make her do anything with marketing. But anyway, she just decides she hates Vivica A. Fox, I guess. So um, she realizes what's going on, that there's a sham marriage. And so she just fucking calls INS and reports a sham marriage. So now INS shows up and is like, uh, whoa, you guys don't seem married. And Vivica Fox is like, yeah, no, we're totally married. And INS, uh, Immigration Services, is like, all right, well, we're coming back Monday and you're going to prove that you're married. So that is what starts our plot into a tailspin. Uh, no comeuppance for this evil secretary. It's very confusing what her motivations are, unless I just didn't pay attention and missed it. Then there is also a force of good that may be key in bringing them together, which is Vivica A. Fox's best friend is played by Dominic Swain, who will always be known as Lolita from the Jeremy Irons Lolita movie. And she happens to bump into a street Santa Claus and kind of makes a, oh, I wish my friend could fall in love this Christmas thing. And, I mean, by the end of the movie, spoiler alert, they do fall in love. So, whether it was the force of good or the force of evil or these two things combined or just that Vivica Fox is hot, Rico Rossi is hot, they decided they'd be hot together, I don't know. Who knows? Lots of different readings you can put into this movie if you so choose to analyze it in such detail. Uh, But the point is, these two then um, have to kind of be together. So they, you know, she takes him to meet her family. Uh, Weirdness ensues. Um, He also has a girlfriend in England who's all stuffy and British. Uh, And so there's like this conflict. And then uh, at the end of the movie... So, I mean, that's basically what you're getting in this. I'm going to go into detail about everything. Don't worry. But I think it's really important to talk about the finale. Uh, Now, the finale of this movie, guys, is probably my favorite five minutes of any movie since, I don't know, Dance Magic Dance of Labyrinth. Uh, They have failed the INS test. INS came and... Okay, you know what? I'm getting ahead of myself because I really need to talk about Photoshop. It's a big key element of this movie, and it's kind of beautiful. So, when they decide that they are going to fool, they have to, like, pretend to be a couple, uh, they do kind of that green card thing. Remember the movie Green Card, where it's like, okay, what are we going to do? We're going to decorate this way, and we're going to put your stuff here, and all that. And they realize, oh, you know what? We don't have photographs of us. There is, and I'm not kidding, about a five-minute scene of... Roger, who is who is a graphic designer, so should be pretty handy at Photoshop, uh, photoshopping pictures of him and Vivica A. Fox together, like on a beach, uh, in all these settings where it's like they're a couple. It is incredibly meta because these movies are always so photoshopped and both in terms of the filming of sometimes you get the sense that these actors have never been in the same room together. Um, the cover art, which generally is just one person standing and the other person clearly like digitally moved over with a Santa hat next to them. 
And it's like, I don't know if the movie is like winking at you and kind of tipping its hand of saying, hey, look at, look at what we're doing here. Huh? Huh? Look familiar. Or if it's just like they needed to fill five minutes in the movie and they were like, I don't know. What's a good plot? Uh, you know, what's got, we Photoshop a lot. Why don't we have him Photoshop? But either way, like it was mind blowingly self-aware, at least to me who thinks it was self-aware and wasn't just accidental. I don't know. Um, other great things. I mean, this is this is a cheap movie, which is what makes it glorious. Uh, there's a scene where the two of them are driving and talking, and now I don't I don't know the mechanics of how you film a scene like that. Normally, I don't know if you have an actor in a car and just have like digitally add a moving thing outside their window. Uh, so that you can, as if they're driving past something, or if you have them actually drive, I don't know. But they're driving, and they're driving like down a very residential street in LA, and it's moving so fast that I'm just distracted by thinking, why is she doing like 80 in a residential neighborhood? And then thinking, and why did they pass the same jogger three times? Because they actually do pass the same scenery. It's incredible. Um, Again, you know, people out there, young filmmakers who are like, I want to make a movie, but I don't have money. I'll never make a movie. I'm a tortured artist. Guys, look at this movie. Do you think this movie was made with money? It wasn't. You can do anything in this country for now. Uh, So that's some of these fun touches. Um, There is a weird kind of under... So, I mean, Vivica Fox is a career woman. I'll get to that. But I want to throw this in there early. Uh, you find out that her she's really she hasn't seen her parents in a while because she's uncomfortable going home because her younger sister is engaged to her ex-boyfriend. Which, like, okay, yeah, I'd be pretty uncomfortable with my family too. That's not a normal thing to happen. Like, that's not a thing that happens and you're just like, oh, it's fine. I'm so happy for you guys. Like, clearly, she was in a serious relationship with this guy. Something happened. He ends up engaged to her younger sister. And the movie treats this as she should really get over it. Now, I'm not saying she should, like, stop enjoying life because of it. But I think Vivek A. Fox is perfectly in her right to be pissed off about going home and seeing this. Uh, The movie doesn't seem to think so. The movie also does that thing that I personally as a you know 21st century feminist feels pretty strongly about which is the whole bringing a man home to meet your father and the father kind of immediately joke like saying i'm you know i have a gun and i'm going to shoot you if you hurt my daughter all that um and also being offended that uh he didn't ask for his daughter's hand in marriage now vivica fox in this movie is clearly like i'm gonna be kind vivica fox i think is probably somewhere in her 40s or probably like late 40s, 50s, but looks great. Like really, really does look great. But the movie kind of is treating her as if she's like 22. And the dad is actively offended and distrustful of this man who did not ask for permission to marry his grown daughter. Uh, Yeah, all the feels don't like it. Uh, But let me get to the ending. Uh, and I realize that I haven't gone through my, my tropes. I'm going to, I promise you, but guys, the ending really is the greatest thing in the world. There, the INS, they do not pass the test. The INS says, nope, that's Photoshop. You guys aren't a couple. We are taking him back to England. We are bringing you to jail after you attend your court date, Vivica Fox. 
And then Vivica A. Fox realizes as she goes and talks to her boss, Eric Roberts, and tells him all this trouble uh, that she really does love Roger. Like, she's kind of fallen for him. So Eric Roberts is like, here, take my black card, which I don't know what that means, but I guess it's like a private jet. I don't. Apparently, it lets you like walk into an airport easily. I don't get it. Uh, he's like, go to the airport and, you know, go to England with him. Because she basically says, I would go to England with him. Uh, go there and it will prove to INS how much you love him. And guys, it does. So he's right. So she goes to the airport. Her family shows up there. Uh, and she, uh, you know, runs in, does the Love Actually thing of getting past airport security very easily. I don't know. I mean, even with TSA pre-check, it's not that easy. Uh, she declares her love. He declares his love. INS is touched and realizes it's true. Um, Vivica A. Fox starts singing Jingle Bells. Everybody joins in, including other travelers in the waiting area, including the INS agents who was seen earlier had basically, like, gleefully uh, rubbed their hands together at the prospect of deporting this man. Um, and Santa Claus, who showed up earlier, is there in the airport for some reason, and everybody in this airport sings Jingle Bells. Now, I've been at airports at Christmas time. That's not going to happen. But it's really, really an incredible, incredible feat of filmmaking that you're going to get here. So without further ado, I think it's time to delve in for the last time in 2016 to our 10 tropes of the Cozy Cardigan Christmas. We begin, of course, with number one, our lead in need of a lesson. Now, Brooke, as we know, is a workaholic, okay? Uh, She hasn't dated in a while because presumably she is still upset by the fact that her boyfriend left her for her little sister. Again, get over it, bitch. Uh... She says a lot of things like, look, I'm type A. I like to be prepared. And, you know, she is very strict about the way she decorates and all of that. Uh, She also, guys, get this, hates Christmas. Like, hates it. Doesn't even remember the words to Jingle Bells. At one point, is taxed to sing Jingle Bells and, like, is making up the words and the melody as she goes along. And I really want to believe Vivica A. Fox, that's how she sings Jingle Bells. Um... This, of course, uh, her love interest loves Christmas, and this leads him to have lines like, I'm married Scrooge. Don't worry, guys. Her cold heart is going to thaw with the hotness of this man, and all will be fine and jingle belly in an airport by the end of this movie. Uh, However, I do have to say, Vivica A. Fox is really fun to watch in this movie. We talked a little bit about how what the make or break of these movies often is, is really how charismatic that lead actress is. Because you can have Sinead Grimes in Christmas Incorporated, and I have that, like, scene in Airplane or that multiple scenes where, you know, whenever, um, what's his name, Robert Harrison starts, Robert Hayes starts telling a story about his love life, the person next to him kills themselves. Like, that's how I would feel if I was in a movie with Sinead Grimes. Whereas when you have Alicia Witt, you know, it's... Even if the movie is just as bad, it's more watchable. And in this case, Vivica A. Fox, who is, you know, not gunning for a Shakespearean performance, but she's fun and she's cool and I like watching her, damn it. Number two, our setting. Uh, I guess this is in L.A. because they talk about L.A. traffic and all of that. 
Uh, it's they don't make a thing of it, um, probably because they could only film like in the city so much, and the rest is all in green screen backlots. Uh, number three, though, of course, is our bland love interest. And again, uh, Rico Rossi. Am I saying his name right? Uh, he doesn't look like a Rico Rossi. Uh, he is a very handsome man. Uh, he is kind of like a little bit ch- too handsome, but they comment on that, so it's fine. Rico Ross. Sorry about that, Rossi. Uh, he's he's likable. He's charming. He's, again, like one of those ridiculously good-looking men where you just kind of like it would be like hard to have a real conversation with him because your tongue would keep getting tied. Uh, in the movie, his personality is basically that he's a nice guy and he likes Christmas and he's apparently a really good graphic designer. Uh, like really likes Christmas to the point where one of his lines is, I can pretend to be married, but I can't pretend I don't love the Christmas season. Like that's, in his list of potential wife, number one, American citizen, number two, likes Christmas. Uh, and yes, he does woo her in the traditional way of these movies by taking her to a Christmas tree farm in order to bring a Christmas tree home. Number four is our montage. And I really like this montage because we don't get it again until like hour 40. I'm getting worried. Not going to have a montage. Oh, bam. There's my montage. And the montage is a look back at our relationship montage, where it is after Vivica thinks she has lost uh, Rico forever. I'm going to call them. Their real names are so much more fun than their movie names. So it's Rico and Vivica from now on. So uh, Vivica thinks back, and there's about a minute long um, just montage of the two of them laughing, the two of them decorating, the two of them walking together and posing for a selfie. Number five dead parents. Uh, (laughs) No, her parents are very much alive and not very helpful. We don't talk about his parents, but uh, I'm going to amend this for next year. As always, I like to learn from my mistakes. And my mistake this year was I really should have combined dead parents and or dead wife. Again, it's never dead husband, but it is always one of the two, if not both. And in this case, guess what? Uh, Roger has a dead wife. At one point he blurt like, he's like, oh yeah, well I, you know, used to be married. She's like, used to be married? What's that about? He's like, my wife is dead. Never explains what happened. Like, I mean, they're young, so she, you know, must have been something really tragic and very either sudden or, you know, disease that hit her too young. I don't know, but they, the movie has not, and there's no reason for it whatsoever. There's no moment of him learning to trust again. There's no, um, like there, there is absolutely no reason why that had to be in the plot, especially because his current girlfriend, they have a, like a discussion about how they've been together for so long. So there is Zero reason other than somebody was like, uh, do you think he's likable? Yeah, he's really likable. I mean, he's a, he's a really good looking guy. And, you know, we have him played off as being pretty nice. Yeah, but I don't know. I feel like he needs something more. What do you want to do? I, we can give him a dog. No, that's too hard. We can't, we can't afford a dog. I got it. Let's, let's have him be a widower. Done. Done. There you go. Number six, the sassy sidekick. Um, yes, and now you might have thought that it would be Jack Hay, because Jack Hay is in this movie, but she's only in for one scene, so Jack Hay fans, don't get your hopes up. Our real sassy sidekick is Amanda. Amanda is played by, like I said, formerly Lolita, Dominic Swain. 
And Amanda's thing is that, and she does wear earrings, her thing is that she is Vivica's BFF, and Amanda is in a relationship and really wants him to propose, and keeps thinking he's going to propose. And every time she talks to Vivica, it's like, oh, well, you know, we're doing Christmas Eve together, he's going to propose. Oh, well, we're doing New Year's together, maybe he'll propose then, and so on. So she's, like, really, really obsessed with getting married. Naturally, Amanda gets dumped by her boyfriend at some point in the movie, but that doesn't matter, because as we know, the sassy sidekick exists purely to support our lead in need of a lesson. And like many of these movies, we get a scene where Amanda, who is heartbroken because her boyfriend, who she thought was going to propose, instead dumped her on Christmas Eve. Um, But Amanda spends about five minutes saying to Vivica, you are smart, you are beautiful, you are such a catch, you need to love, you are talented. Like, that's what friends who've just been dumped, that's what they do. They help out their far more successful friends in these matters. Number seven, the evil woman. Trifecta, guys. Trifecta. Okay. First, as I said, Eric Roberts' assistant, who is just like a weird, angry, bitter woman who just hates Vivica A. Fox. I, 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 I don't know. I watched this in a couple of chunks, so maybe I missed something where that was explained, but it's really weird. And she doesn't get any comeuppance, and that bothered me. Um, so there's her. There is also uh, Vivica's sister. The movie doesn't treat her like a bitch, but I'm sorry. Again, the movie doesn't explain the story, but it's really hard to like a woman who is marrying her sister's ex-boyfriend when her sister is clearly really upset about that. So there's that. And then there is Roger's uh, current girlfriend, who is British and snooty British. And I, I really thought she wasn't British. I thought she was just doing a really bad British accent. But no, the actress, like, is part British. Uh, and she's just very prissy and doesn't support his art. So we know she's evil. And he'll dump her, again, pretty cruelly when you think about it. Like, all this is happening at Christmas time. There are a lot of breakups at the holidays in these movies. Or in this movie. Not in most of them. Normally it's all about couples being together. Or even if you break up with somebody, there's, like, right there is somebody that's going to then grab that person's hand and keep them from being single. But in this case, no. Like, people are left alone, and it's kind of sad. But it doesn't matter, because they're not Vivica Fox, so nothing else matters in here. Uh, Number eight, slapstick. Um, I thought we were going to have a lot more, because it starts with a lot of slapstick, where Vivica Fox is at this luncheon for her company, and she spills mimosa all over another woman. And it's this kind of like, whoa, 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 like, you know, like spilling it. Oh my God, so clumsy, what, what? And then it's her trying to get club soda. And that's a like really weirdly hard thing to do. Um, but that's, after that, there is not much more slapstick, which again, a tad disappointing. So moving on to number nine, sage old person. Now, you might think it's going to be her parents who are, they are kind of prominently, but no, her parents are kind of assholes and don't help out much. It is really Eric Roberts. And I think it is clear that Eric Roberts is, who is sort of like the fairy matchmaker in a way, because he does matchmake these two people illegally and immorally, but it's fine because it ends up working out and they're both attractive, so it's okay. Uh, more importantly, I am almost positive, and you might have heard it in the trailer, 
Eric Roberts is actually playing the same character he played in the Stock by My Doctor movies. Just listen to the way he talks, watch the faces he makes, and the kind of content of what he's doing. He's the doctor. I don't this maybe this is a prequel, maybe this is a long-term sequel when he has quit the medical career and is now in marketing, but it really feels like the same guy. Number 10, Santa Claus. Now, yeah, we do get him. And it's weird because it, like, we've talked about cheap Santa Clauses before, but this Santa Claus, they really did pluck from the gutter, I think. Early on in the film, uh, Sassy Sidekick is walking down the street, talking to Vivica on the phone and sort of getting frustrated. And she walks by a street Santa Claus and... Uh, he kind of says, like, what do you want for Christmas? And she's like, I just wish my friend would let herself fall in love. And she walks away, and Santa Claus looks at the camera, kind of like off to the camera, uh, and and says, well, I better get to work. Hmm. The Santa Claus, I'll have you know, doesn't have a beard. He just has, like, a tiny little soul patch. He's white uh, and really does look like... They, the actor that was supposed to be Santa Claus was sick, and so they looked around. They're like, uh, "Hey, that teamster over there, kind of, you know, he kind of, he's got gray hair. He's kind of chubby. He could be a Santa Claus." Hey, dude, are you SAG? Uh, no, I'm not. Okay, good because we can't afford to pay you SAG prices. You're in the movie now. Um, he does come back at the end at the airport, and it's just like, "Oh, so Santa was pretty instrumental here, I think." Um, yeah, so we do get in this list. We get nine out of ten. Uh, bonuses if you want to mention the fact that we have nine different evil women characters in the movie. Uh, And then as far as other bonuses go, we don't get the usual, we don't really have a cloying child. Like, there's one kid in the movie and she's actually kind of funny. She has, like, one scene. It's brief. Um, But there is the the public domain holiday song, which, again, I, you have to hear Vivica A. Fox fake sing jingle bells uh because it's like her and she's singing it to herself first so she's kind of trying to like get the words and it's something like her going like jingle bells jingle bells jingle all the bells and i I like to think it was pure improv of the director saying okay vivica pretend you don't know jingle bells and I, in my mind, in my fantasy, my wild fantasies, because guys, they get really wild. In that fantasy, Vivica A. Fox is like, uh, Jingle Bells, what, uh, wait, no, but I don't know Jingle Bells. And the director's like, yeah, no, just like that. Pretend you don't know. She's like, no, but Mr. Dakota, I don't, I don't know how it goes. He's like, okay, well, go with that. Just try to figure it out. We'll roll, roll the camera. Don't tell her. And it's her just doing that. And, and again, then we end on this beautiful, um, airport love actually-esque scene of romance and it's also i'd love to see an airport like that in a major city so that's a husband for christmas i recommend the fuck out of it uh in terms of this year i wish i had the full list in front of me because i feel like i should do like a wrap-up or a ranking of where they all fell uh i mean we had a lot of duds and by duds i mean like just i don't even remember them uh, and by next year, I, I, guys, do me a favor. If I if I review the same movie next year, if you see me talking about watching um, Christmas Cookies, remind me that I've already watched it because there's a really good chance I'm not going to realize that. Uh, this one is one of the funner ones, a because it. I mean, again, like I don't mean to play the race card, but 
this movie isn't white people and it makes a difference when you've watched literally a dozen of these movies with all white people uh vivic a fox is fun her love interest is fun this one is so cheap that it's charming uh never really like never actually funny um the way i said like i don't know if you think back to the one with Leia Thompson, like here and there, like I chuckled genuinely at the jokes. This one, no, like it's never really funny. It's funny in in spite of itself, but that's okay because it's entertaining and it's sweet in its own way. It has a happy ending. Um, I do think you could do a lot worse than a husband for Christmas and it's not overly awful in its uh, hatred of working women. Like, it does let her keep her job. Not her last name, of course. Of course she's going to change that. Because uh, that makes sense in this movie where she hadn't even known him and she changed it. Um, but my point being, this one is not as hateful at women as many of the other ones are. Uh, and it seems to understand that its strength lies in its cast not in anything else so it lets them kind of do their thing it's not good but it's charming and it not being good uh that is the end of the cozy cardigan christmas i have had way more fun than i should have i think uh, i hope you guys enjoyed it um please let me know which ones of these you've watched if you have ones that you've watched that i haven't covered that you think i should cover next year I'm here all year, and believe me, this is becoming a tradition. I can't stop. And it's not like I'm going to run out of material because they make so many of these fucking movies. Uh, I do hope you enjoyed these. I do hope you all have a happy holiday season, whatever holiday that may be. Um, or Christmas, because if you're watching these movies, it's obviously Christmas. Um, but no, seriously, uh, it's been it's been real. It's been great. And let us end 2016 on a... Uh, on a decent note. I don't know. Again, could have been a lot worse. So we'll go with that. Thank you.